This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Funny People Talking. I am one of your hosts, Mark Rako. Welcome to the show. Uh, this hopefully is our last week of uh, looking at the Wayback Machine, looking at old shows, great shows, from Monkey Radio, uh, the predecessor to Funny People Talking. We hope you've been enjoying this look back into the past. Uh, and uh, we, we hope to have uh, brand new episodes of Funny People Talking coming up uh, as soon as next week when we get back into the, into the, the rhythm. Uh, so look forward to that. But uh, this episode is a fun one. I hope you'll really enjoy it. So I'm joined again by uh, my prior co-host, Ben Rose, who does a great job, and Elsie, of course, with End of Show Food. Uh, and our guest is comedian Maya DiGiorgio. Maya has just exploded onto the comedy scene. She has performed at legendary venues from the Beacon Theater to the Apollo to hundreds of top comedy clubs, festivals, military bases around the world. But she has performed on many television shows from Comics Unleashed to Deaf Comedy Jam to Sex and the City, BET, and more. Uh, she made her mark in radio when she co-hosted the number one morning show in the country. Basically, she's incredibly funny, incredibly talented, and she joined us on Monkey Radio several years ago, so I'm sure you know a lot has changed since then, but it was still a wonderful visit. So we'll see you next week for a brand new episode, but for now, enjoy this, this great, fun, archived episode with Maya DiGiorgio and my co-host, Ben Rose. Thanks for listening. From the Monkey Radio Studio in New York City, and with more than 350,000 downloads worldwide, this is Monkey Radio. I'm gonna make a list, I'm gonna be a hit, I'm gonna live for it. So proud of it, just wanna get it right. Welcome to the show, my fellow monkeys! Today is Outlaw Day, Ben. You'll hear more soon. I am Mark. Ben! <laughs> well, what do you know? You are indeed. A huge overstuffed should be illegal show today we'll catch up on what's going on in the world of our co-host ben a little dose of ben's world the premiere of a new game the real story with our take on current events and 
We are excited for our guest today. Let me tell you, she is an actress, comedian, film director. She's received standing ovations at Showtime at the Apollo. She was co-host of New York City's number one morning show. She tours the country as one of the top-rated female comedians, and it's producing and starring in a new feature film. And by the way, I'm cast in this film, and I'm going to ask her about that. And she's president of Hollywood Outlaws Comedy Network. Maya DiGiorgio will be on the show. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. And of course, we also have an end of show food. Elsie will share something that has not always been legal. Yeah, she says it involves a monkey. Mm. Stay tuned for that. Monkey urine. All this on one show, Ben. What a value. Can you believe it? Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Funny People Talking and Elsie at Elsie the Producer. And please, for the love of all that is holy, subscribe to the show and leave us a damn review and a really, really good rating on iTunes. Pretty please? Thank you. Mark. Ben. Mm. Now, today I wanted to talk about Ben's World. Right? Right? Have a little, start a little feature. Ben's World, you know? We can even have a little, little, uh, little, little jingle, you know? It's, uh, Ben's World, Ben's World, it's Ben's World. I mean, you should do, do that. that. That's fine. You like that? Yeah, I like that. All right, let's do that. Ready? Okay. No, no, you do it. Oh, why? You don't. No, because if I do it, it's like, it's like, yeah, you have to listen to this. That's why it's so funny. Uh, like, you're doing it. All right. Well, I'm not doing it again. We'll do it different every week. How about that? Or whenever we do it. <laughs> We're not doing Ben's World every week. What the hell? <laughs> All right. All kidding aside, uh, you were kind of late to the studio today. Yes, I was. You were, like, in a, in a, in a huff and hurry. I was in a huff and hurry. All right. I like that. Yeah. I like that phrase. I like that, too. A huff and hurry. A huff and hurry. I just made that up. That's good. I mean, I don't know if I'm literally the first person on planet Earth still, to ever good. say that. But you I, might be. I never heard of someone I'm in that. a huff and hurry. Yeah. It sounds like you're swearing, but you're but not. you're not. It's like grammatically that. correct. Yeah. Huff All right. So you were in a hurry. Yeah. What is uh, – this is going to be Ben's world today because I, I have this strange feeling something is up. Well, I got – I was on my way to the mm-hmm. studio and I got stopped by the police at the subway. Just Wait, to check what? the bag. You got stopped by the police? Yeah, which kind of, it's not a big deal, but it was a little weird because I'm not the, exactly the kind of shady looking character one would look for. So this cop uh, says, excuse me, sir, come right over here. Huh? And so I walk over and I said, what's the problem? He's like, what's in the bag? And I'm like, and you'd think that'd be an easy question to answer. <laughs> a machine gun. Duh. <laughs> but like, all I'm thinking is like, all right, well, what? I'm like, all right, there's protein in it, and there's a hat in it, and there's an umbrella, and I'm just, I'm thinking, like, what, what the hell kind of question is that to ask me in the first place? And I kind of just, kind of stayed there mentally in that, like, what the hell thing? And so I was like, I don't know my things. And he's like, what exactly is in the, what are the contents of the bag? And I said, there's an umbrella and a shirt. He said, open the bag. And I'm like, okay, this guy's a p-. And he was young. Um, so... I opened the bag and I had protein powder in there in a little Ziploc bag. Uh, and by it, the way, you're just like clear profiling because you're the guy we're looking for. 
Right. Yeah. Just by I your know. Appearance just so obvious. It's yeah. Like, hey, that guy. He's 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 gonna be trouble. Yeah. I'm I'm a real instigator of problems. So uh, he finds protein powder, and for those of you who take protein powder, for those of you who don't, uh, protein powder can look like drugs very easily because it's just powder, and powder can lead to people thinking it's Coke or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, what's this? And I'm like, it's protein. He's like – and so he opened it. And I'm like, well, now I can't. Now I just – and all I thought was like, great. Now I just wasted my protein. I'm like, I don't care about anything else. Like now I got to do another thing of protein. So – Well, that stuff's not – it's not cheap. Entirely inexpensive either. Right, yeah. So. I'm like, son of a donkey. So uh, he's like, uh, well, this this looks uh, suspicious. And I said, well, it's protein. I I can make it right now and drink it. He's like, sir, please, please. And just getting all up in my face. And then this other cop walks over. And he's like, well, what's going on over here? And I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, I'm just going to search. He's like, he looks at me. He's like, get out of here. What are you doing? Get out of here. Like, stop wasting our time. And I'm what? like, stop wasting your. T-. And so I walk, and that was it. And that's why I was late. But I was like, it's so unnecessary to have gone through what I went through for nothing. They're just, oh my god! I mean, who knows what's going on? But right. it sounds like it might have been a newbie. Yeah, like, like a new acting cop. out, like like yeah. like I'm all tough today. Yeah, know? like oh, today I wore my strong pants. You know. <laughs> I don't know. My strong pants. I don't know. That's another phrase I never heard. My strong pants. Yeah. So uh, that's why I was like, strong pants? Not like, uh, what was it? Huffin? Huff and hurry. Huff and hurry. (laughs) Not like a huff and hurry. That's right. Oh, my gosh. All right. So, hmm. Just a pain in the ass. That's terrible. It was terrible. Have you you ever been, uh, uh, shall we say, accosted by the... uh, the polizai before? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, can you think of another time? Actually, this is a funny story. I was – this is back in California. I was walking with uh, a friend at the time and uh, he and I – it was probably just maybe around midnight. Just walking down the street, you know, just walking and talking. We went on walks. We talked. We hang out. And all, all of a sudden, this car just drives past us and slams on its brakes and just – Puts the car in reverse and comes flying back, like flying. Smoke spun the tires, and this guy gets out, and he, he's like, what are you guys doing out here? And we're like, we're on a walk? And so is this douche cop, undercover, on some, you know, guy, he could have been on crack. I mean, he was just out of his mind. Just like, what Maybe are you he was on protein powder. Maybe he was. <laughs> Good call. Something. And he just uh-huh. – he's like, what are you doing? And it costed us. And he's like, do you have an idea? We're like, no, because we're on a walk and we left it at home and we live around the corner. He's like, well, don't let me see you out here again. And I was like, "Um, well, actually, I'm 18 and it's okay. And that probably wasn't the right thing to say. He's like, what did you say? And I said, well, I'm of legal age. I can go wherever I want whenever I want. And he's like – Son, you don't know who you're speaking to. Where do you live? And I said, around the corner. And he's like, well, it's a good thing that you're not doing anything illegal. I forgot what he said. Something like, you know, you're not in trouble or doing something. Just so unnecessary. So, you know, but I've had some good experiences with cops, too. I'm sure we all have. But just so rude. Um, I know this only happened to me. I'm sure this happens to a great majority of people. But it doesn't mean it's right. No, it's it's unfortunate. I, I know that cops are... They've got a lot of pressures on them that we can't totally. possibly, you know, fathom. And, and, and I and, support 100%. No, I'm with you. I mean, uh, 
All I can tell you is uh, I've seen some stuff too that's just crazy, but I guess I'd rather have them around with that than not have them around. Right, yeah. You know, I've seen them do some amazing stuff too, you know, yeah. so. It goes both ways for sure. It goes both ways, but yeah. that's that's uncalled for. I mean, Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but. And then you see them let things go. Yeah. Like jaywalking, which I yeah. do appreciate. Well, like recently, I uh, I was I was uh, seeing these motorcyclists driving all around, and they just they, they you know they're without helmets and they're tearing up the streets and almost hitting you and going mm-hmm. the wrong way. You've seen them before. Yeah, where they're, yeah. they've got the motorcycles. They're like, yeah, so annoying. Anyway, so I I go up and there happens to be some cops there in a in a van, and I say, hey, uh, so are you like a gum junkie? Yeah, I do like a lot of gum. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't care. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I wasn't telling you not to chew it, but in the course of our show, you put like four or five pieces in your mouth. I, I go think. through, I will go through probably a pack to two packs a day. Really? Yeah. And I have never smoked or anything like that. No, no, I just I'm like not judging. I'm just like, I just like my gum. <laughs> okay, I'll cut that out. But I was just. What, the gum song? Yeah. No, I don't want to cut the gum song. I like the gum song. Do you like the gum song? Yeah. Should I keep this in the show? Yeah, I should open the show with, I just like my gum. Okay, I will. Okay. It'll just be randomly in there. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, like a, a roar of a tiger. Oh, okay. With, with <laughs> a roar of a Oh, you mean like in the beginning? Yeah, I It'd just be like, like my gum. Rawr. Okay. <laughs> and then, I don't know, something else. It's nonsensical, I know, but you, it's just in my mind right now. That was really funny. You know it's going to be <laughs> really. you going raw, right? Uh, yeah, I better do that. <laughs> All right, folks, you're going to hear us do a recording for the future. Ready? Rower. <laughs> That's good, okay. right? So you're going to be so it's going to be like I just like my gum. Roar. I don't like, like that. that. No, no, let's try it again. I just like my gum. Roar. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Roar! I don't want to have to, like, select from all the takes. Can you just give me one take? Sure, here's another one. The whole thing. Roar! No, with the gum. Oh, God. Come on, man. All right. I just like my gum. Roar! Okay. (laughs) And it all makes sense. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, boy, the entertainment we offer on this show. My gum! Sorry. All right, let's (laughs) move on. So, uh, I don't even know what we're talking about. Cops or something. Yes, police. Know. Police. What were we talking about? Letting them get away with things. Yeah. I don't know. I had a story, but I don't remember what it was. Sending on motorcycles. Oh, yeah, thanks. So, uh... Damn it. It's <laughs> almost ready to move on to another segment. <laughs> you and your memory. <laughs> so, I, I, I walk up to the cops and I'm like, hey, these guys are doing it. And they almost hit me and they almost hit a car and blah, blah, blah. And the cop's like... Yeah, we can't do anything about it. Yeah, I know. That's like, what does that answer mean? And, and I'm like, uh, I'm, what? And they're yes. like, well, until he kills you, right? If he or if he kills someone, this is it. If you if they kill someone, then we can try to do something. But the uh, the risk of making chase isn't worth it to the public. Blah blah blah. Yes. And I'm like, well, I'll tell you what, when they kill me, I'll come back from the dead and inform you so you can go arrest him. Right. I when I first moved out here, part of my first stand-up routine, I had a joke because every time, now look, I, I don't want to say I complain a lot, but if I saw something happening that was wrong, I would tell a cop, and I would say more times than not, the response you get is, "Yeah, I can't do anything about that." Yeah, and it's like so funny 
But you're like, what? That building is on fire. Yeah, I know, but I'm all the way over here, and uh, that's just like a Do, do you know, seriously, a lot of times what it really is, hmm. they don't want to do the paperwork. Really? Yes. Well, from the cops I've seen in New York, I think a few of them could go on a diet. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Granted, that's a generalization, folks, and not true of all police of our fine police officers. Of course, we'll just cut that entirely now. (laughs) (laughs) No, I wasn't. (laughs) All right, so that was Ben's world. Yeah, I hope. Uh, uh, Crazy. Yeah. Crazy, illegal, nearly cuffed and taken away, not making the show world. Gum fun. Okay. Let's move on to our next part of the show, which is Ben. Yeah? A new game. Oh. Okay, I'm then. sorry. <laughs> it's been one of those days. <laughs> All right. So, uh, oh, so here's the new game. Okay. The new game is called The Real Story. With our take on current events. Here's the way that it works. Okay. So what we do is we take a real news story and we insert some words into it, kind of like Mad Libs. Okay. All right? And then it becomes an entirely new story. Let's do it. All right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the kind of words you need to give me, and then you give me the word back. Okay. All right? Let's try this. Let's go. Uh, A verb ending in ing. Going. Uh, A noun. Person. Uh, A person. Name a uh, person's name. Zachary. Uh, an ad- ad- adjective. Sailed. Is that an adjective? That's not an adjective. That's not an. That's adjective. a verb. Yes. Um. Oh my god. I guess hypothetically that could be an adjective, but right. it's not a commonly used one. Mm-hmm. How about? Come on, rapid plate. fire, Ben. Plate. What is it? Plate. Plate? Yeah. No, no. Is it? There's many different meanings for plate. Oh, my God. How about plating? Or plated? Okay. That's really a strange adjective. Okay. Uh, A noun. Um, Scissors. And another noun. Tea kettle. Okay. And a person's name? Philip. Uh, a number? Four. No. Make it a uh, number over a thousand. Forty-four thousand. Uh, a noun? Pipe. And a adjective? Cleaners. That's a noun. Cleaned. That's a noun. Climbing. Climbed. Clung. Are you unaware what an adjective is? Clearly I'm not. It's a descriptive thing. Yes. Like describing something like... Climbing. No. That's... No. Like, like the red balloon. Red is the adjective. Yes. Have you ever been climbing before? Yes. All right. Okay, climb. Red. No, red. red. Okay, fine, red. God, I didn't know how hard this was going to be. Game, new and games then, are complicated. I, this is not about new games. This is like old grammatical things. 
<laughs> and plural noun, and then we're done. A what? Plural noun, and then we're done. Um, Cheerios. Cereals. No, Cheerios is fine. Okay. Okay. Assuming that there's any audience left to listen to this at this yes. point. The title of this is The 117 Men Who Will Choose the Next Pope. Oh boy, this sounds like a fun one. All ready? Let's go. In going an office with an aura of divinity into person far more human, <laughs> Zachary's decision has sent shockwave through the Vatican hierarchy, who next month will elect his successor, but it has also puzzled and plated and scholars who wonder how a pope can be infallible one scissors and fallible again the next, and whether the might undermine, that might undermine the authority of tea kettle teaching. Philip stunned the world last week when he said that he would retire on February 44,000, a decision he said he had made in full liberty and for the good of the pipe. You, you, <laughs> Even as the Vatican has tried to play down the confusion, saying the canon law provides for a red transfer of power, if a pope resigns, the Cheerios of Benedict's act remain unclear. And you were worried about grammatics? Really? See what happens when you don't follow the rules of Mad Libs? It's more fun. It is, right? Yes. None of that made sense. But at the same time, that was much funnier. Because it stays normal for a while. And then it gets a little... What happened? Yeah. Then it goes right back to normal. With scissors. I have to honestly say, normally when we play a game, there's there's another round. <laughs> Sometimes we go through a second round of both of us. I feel like that was such a miserable failure. I have no desire to do I've, it. I gave up after I said the last whatever to you. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not even entirely sure this will make you a show. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're hearing it, it did. But only because we needed added content. Right, to make so you show. better enjoy it. Okay. That was the real story. In a way. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that is it oh. for that game, but oh. we are going to move on, sir, to our interview. Lovely. Yes. Which is brought to you by the Monkey Radio with Mark Amazon page. Uh, folks, if you shop on Amazon, you can still shop on Amazon, but instead of going directly to Amazon, go to monkeyradio.info and click the Amazon banner on our front page of monkeyradio.info, and you will go to Amazon from there. Guess what that does? You don't pay a penny more. What? Than you would have paid otherwise. Oh. But some of that money uh-huh. helps monetize Monkey Radio, Boom. keep us on the air. I'm on, folks. Bring you great interviews like we are about to have. See, I'm a future teller. I can tell it's going to be a great interview. You are a future teller. I am. I like that. You know what else I can tell from the future? What's that? Our audience is going to go to monkeyradio.info, and they are going to click the Amazon banner and go to the Amazon page and save. Ghosts. And not pay up any more. Wow. Come help us. See how that works? Support. All right. So our interview. Man, I can't believe we got this great lady on the show. I'm excited. We are excited for our guest today. She is an actress, comedian, film director. She's received standing ovations at Showtime at the Apollo. She was co-host of New York City's number one morning show. She tours the country as one of the top-rated female comedians and is producing and starring in a new feature film following her documentary, Bitter Jester. And by the way, like I said before, 
head kiss in this film. Uh, she is president of Hollywood Outlaws Comedy Network and has a lot of big things in the work. We're going to find out all about that, about her, and about all of the things that make Maya DiGiorgio. So here she is. Elsie, do we have her on the phone? <laughs> I was set up. I was set up. Was, uh, you, she was. was. She, she, she was thrown at me. There was no way I could get out of that. It's really not fair. <laughs> That's right. Oh, man, you're in trouble with Ben now. All right, well, uh, <laughs> my, she's like, Sorry, yeah, hey, I had yeah, hey Ben. You were just a victim. That's yeah, okay. remember that the first. Time. <laughs> remember that whole uh, uh, entrepreneurial thing that Maya's doing and the team she's building and everything like that. Yeah, yeah you're n- you're yeah. not on it. Well, so, he's uh, just not handing out props. He's not going to be on the props list. You know. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Maya De everybody, uh, a brilliant woman and filmmaker, comedian, writer, uh, entrepreneur, and yeah, go to Hollywood uh, out. Go to HollywoodOutlaws.com and then get a Roku or go to Android TV, Google TV, just the Google Play Store and get Hollywood Outlaw Comedy Network. The Hollywood, Hollywood Outlaw, Outlaw Comedy Network at HollywoodOutlaw.com. And you can, and HollywoodOutlaws.com and you can, like I said, go to Google Play or if you have a Roku, go check us out. I feel like the Roku is something that comes to life in the middle of the night. So, oh, did you feed the Roku? No. You need to know. If you don't know what a Roku is, you got to go get one. They are the hottest thing in internet television. Is it anything as something like I, crazy? Anything is what I just described. No, I think yeah. it's a the wave of Wait, the you future. Just come to life in the middle of the night and ask for food. It's the wave of the future. Look it up. Roku. It's, mm. Roku. Two See, words if you remember. Oh, Roku and Hollywood Outlaw. By the way, Ben, do you remember? Did you notice how how? Uh, poorly Maya executed our story, but how excellently she executed her plugs. Yes, because I'm not a story writer. <laughs> I know. I, I, I'm already, I'm already but who's got the time for that? I know, I know. So, no, all kidding aside, it was a, a truly genuine pleasure having you on the show. Yes, thanks Maya. thanks Thank for you. taking the time, Thank Maya, you. really. The world you lived in? Uh, yeah, I mean, I actually was, I, I actually started off, uh, you know, uh, singing and uh dancing and playing drums and so more musical theater and then um and which is where my family was uh based more out of like musical theater and then um and then i got into comedy so i, I did some filmmaking but you know comedy i just saw an open window and just kind of fell into it so well, comedy is a pretty uh complex thing to just sort of got into comedy how did that happen what was the thought process that made you take that first step I had a lot of characters, and a friend of mine who was uh, did a couple films, he was encouraging me to do a one-person show, so I was working on the material, and uh, the guy who was helping me turned out his brother was the executive producer for Letterman, so he said, why don't you go over to the comedy club and try working it out? So the first time I went on, I had a great show. The second time I went on, I bombed. Third time I went on, I bombed. Fourth time I went on, I bombed. I couldn't figure out why I had a good show. And then kind of became obsessed with the process. I I understand that. I I uh, tried my hand at stand up comedy a little bit, and uh, you know I, I had kind of the same experience. The difference is, is I didn't I didn't kind of focus on it and keep with it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I succumbed to the uh, the process being one I I wasn't as interested in as you, and so I really salute you for sticking with it. Uh, are you? Uh, 
So what would you say is the thing that you most enjoy about being on stage? And what I mean by that is when, when is it worth it? Um, it's worth it when uh, I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm laughing. Otherwise, it's worth it when you get a nice check. But no, even the check isn't worth it. It's usually when, when um, the audience is having enough, a good enough time that I'm having a good enough time. So. Is that what happens? They become infectious to you and you realize that yeah, your well, material you know, is funny? It, and... Yeah, once, you're having, once they're having a good time and you're, you start to enjoy making them laugh and to focus it off yourself, then the next thing you know, it's just like hanging out with your friends. Now, you've been on the road a lot over the years. Enough. Yep. Enough. Uh, what is that like for you? It's a big question. I like to travel. Uh-huh. I like to travel, so it doesn't bother me. I like I like the idea of moving around a lot, but um, some of the gigs are, are kind of rough. Some of the places are a little creepy. So, you know, it depends on who the uh, promoter is where, when you roll in. Sometimes they can make it real comfortable, or sometimes they can make it uh, a nightmare. So, can you can you can you offer an illustration of that? Of the nightmare? Sure, that's more fun oh, sure. than. The, the, the illustration driving. of the nightmare is more fun. So, driving like uh, you know, nineteen hours to get to a gig that's supposed to be somewhere and it's not, and you get stuck in the snowstorm, and then you get there, and the promoter shorts you money, but then still wants to uh, shows up at your hotel to bang on the door to try to hit on you in the middle of the night, and you're in this creepy hotel room by yourself with like a thin door, and you can hear them banging, and you're just like putting the chair up against the door. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> who hasn't that happened to come on <laughs> and then uh and then at a certain point you got into radio yeah how'd that happen that was an accident too i was asleep on my couch and um i got a phone call from um a radio station hot 97 in new york and um they asked me um if i wanted to be on their morning show and i thought i won a contest I wasn't really clear of what they wanted, and they just said, do you have a manager? So then they brought me over and um, ran me for a few different tests, and then I ended up uh, on the morning show with Ed Lover. So that was a a wonderful nightmare, but it's okay. I got the lawsuit money. (laughs) (laughs) How did... But that's (laughs) hip-hop. Yeah, but how did that happen, though? I mean, how how does that just... I mean, they were just aware of you and said, hey, we have a slot to fill? Well, you know what they... you know, I, I had built enough reputation that they kind of were looking for me. So they went um, through some people that I went to high school with and actually uh, found me through there and got my phone number and then called me. And then and then I went in and I just, uh, they said, are you the same girl who was doing this show and that show? I said, yeah. And then they tested me out and I did well. So they asked, you, you know, asked me if I could do a few things when I was on the station, uh, like beat up their host um, verbally. <laughs> And so, yeah, that wasn't too much work, and then he didn't appreciate it, so it became an ongoing battle between all three of us of <laughs> who was going to win. So hmm. it was interesting. It was interesting. So I enjoy it. And then until you, I it. Yeah, yeah, really. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> wow. And then so you, you moved on from there. Yeah. Uh, let, we'll, we'll transition. We'll segue in that manner. And, uh, and, and, uh, and then, you know, magically like sorcery, you were somewhere else. And, yes. uh, and, and then what was the next thing that happened for you? Did you just kind of dive back into stand up after that? Uh, I started to, but I hated it. So I did, um, like I started doing a one person show for a while, which I am starting back up. Um, and then I had made an independent film that, uh, we got the last appearance of Richard Pryor and 
um, George Carlin and Ray Romano, Chevy Chase, Whoopi Goldberg, Phyllis Diller, you know, Peter Boyle, um, 8,000 comedians that we have. And we had everybody in this mm-hmm. film. And um, we had the largest selling screening at Tribeca. And we had gotten it out to a lot of festivals. And we had had it sold for a theatrical release. And um, then they shut my film down. <laughs> It's like, oh. stop and start, stop and start. This this business is really a nightmare. So yeah. if you're wondering how to have, how to be a comedian, at least you have a sense of humor. By the by the time, you know, they, they're done with you, you can still get up and laugh and make other people laugh. That's I guess that's the triumph. <laughs> that's, oh, my gosh. It's like, uh, it's funny because, you know, someone has a one-person show, one-woman show, mm-hmm. and they, they may not want to really be that one person. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, that that was actually a pleasure, and it turns out that it, it worked out, though, because uh, my film was shut down over a scandal that happened um, as a few years back, that Richard Pryor was being um, abused by his third wife that mm-hmm. um, had came back to be his caregiver. So she came back, and there was this whole big case with Adult Protective Services, and his kids were trying to get him out the house, and it went on for years, and my film happened to be the last footage shot in his house, and I had like four hours. So, um, yeah, that was a nice nightmare, and um, I eventually got the film back, but then I was just too tired to do anything with it. So, I kind of been back to stand-up, and uh, and I'm working on a um, channel for Roku and for Google Television right now. Wow. So, yeah, Tell us, so can, you, a, can you say anything more about that at this point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I created, um, when the film was shut down, I created uh, the film, I re-shot, I recreated the film, um, did a, a full edit of it. It's called Hollywood Outlaw. It tells the story of how the film was shut down and why. And um, then I created an internet radio station, and from there I branched into internet television. So I got a num- numerous comedians um, that have, we've created original content for at the same time I'm using, um, you know, I have about 400 hours of outtakes from these, these interviews that I never got to use because I shot so much footage. Wow. So, uh, it's going to be the Hollywood outlaw comedy network and it should be launching in the next couple weeks. Uh, I think Google TV might be by the middle of next week. And, wow, um, and the Roku is the, the new, the new, the hottest internet television box. So, so we're launching there. So I'm excited about that. And then we're launching a side, a sideline channel as well, which is kind of the making of the whole Hollywood network and being on the road. And that's that's uh, the adventures, Maya's adventures in comedy. Just something simple. Yeah, I think that's fascinating. You know, (laughs) I I I have to tell you one of the reasons that I really wanted to have you on the show is mm-hmm. isn't isn't just your accomplishments as a comic and and you know as an actress and, and a filmmaker and so forth but you really strike me as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and you know I don't mean to size you up cuz you know I'm not in your head but you strike me as an entrepreneur and comedy is your widget and mm-hmm. you really have found a way to go to another level with it in a different direction one of the things that really interested me was the the kind of activism aspect to mm-hmm. your career. Can you talk more about that? How that has entered into your world? Well, I think the, the biggest thing was, um, you know, when I was making my film, I kept running into a bunch of walls. And the, the premise was more of the, the question as a comedian, you know, 
you know, why would I continue to do comedy? How do I fit? Because I'm, I'm a mixed kid. My, my mother's black. My father's Italian. I never really fit in. Um, Hollywood always wanted to want something very simple. They don't want something that's a little confusing. So if you don't look instantly identifiable, they don't really know how to place you. I'm kind of, um, as a woman being a comedian, which is more of a loud mouth and demure and quiet. So you're always like, I never fit the path. So that was kind of the catalyst for the documentary. And each person I spoke to had some advice for it. But the key person that I spoke to uh, that I interviewed was Whoopi Goldberg. And one of the things she had said to me that, you know, my people's approval of, of me, you know, when I get on stage and caring about what people think and all my projects and caring about what, you know, uh, what Hollywood thinks, she was saying that it doesn't matter so long as what I'm doing means enough. If it means enough to me what I'm trying to do and what I'm trying to say, then what other people's opinions are aren't going to matter, and I'll continue down that road. But it has to be... if you also have to understand that there's paying a price for being an individual. And if you're willing to pay the price, and this is a quote, if she said, if you're willing to pay the price of being an individual, then, um, then, it, then, you know, you'll be fine. If you don't, then you got to cop to the crowd. Um, actually, she does the interview. You can go to hollywoodoutlaws.com and you can see the film is actually there as well as it will be on the channel. And I think that it took me a long time to understand what, what she meant by finding something, having something to say that means enough. And for a long time, I thought it was, you know, just, you know, jokes about my family or jokes about relationships. And I think, uh, and I've always been more of a Republican and I've always been a libertarian Republican. And then I started watching, um, I remember watching Hillary and uh, Obama debate. And I started to be able to personally identify with a lot of the trauma that I've been through in my career and dealing with people was, was, you know, playing out on the screen, both uh, for Hillary as a woman and for Obama as being, you know, biracial. So I just became fascinated with watching both of them because I was almost, it was personal to me. I started to like watch and see how people reacted to them and how they would twist their words. And and I ended up becoming, um, you know, I'm not a Democrat, I'm an independent, but because of what I've seen and how I've seen people's responses to them, that I've, I felt um, as though I wanted to say something as the country has gotten really crazy. And it kind of ties into my personal themes and my personal journey when I talk about what I see happening in the country and people's reactions, not to uh, a specific policy, but something that has been blown out of proportion um, by being able to twist people on a simple scare tactic that's been going on for hundreds of years. And, and, you know, and it's a communication barrier. And I see it because I see it in my own family. I see it between, you know, my mom's side of the family and my dad's side of the family. Um, they just happen to fall on the sides of, of race. And it's and, and my own identity is, for some reason, which I didn't think it would as much, but it ties into all of it. And there's so much that ties into uh, politics, and identity and relationships and the way, you know, all those things played into my home, my home environment. And so um, when I started to go from that angle about where it places bigger in the world and what I'm seeing, and I could then go back into my own personal experience to back it up and explain why I see it the way I see it, then it started to mean enough to me. 
because mm-hmm. I thought the people need to be more aware. And then I didn't care if somebody didn't understand what I was talking about specifically because they didn't watch the news or um, or they didn't agree with me. It just makes me made me go back and challenge myself more to say, okay, well, how do I draw this picture to them? What metaphors and what stories can I twist around this topic so that they will see it from their perspective? So it just made me do more homework, and I kind of lost the sight, like the, the idea of um, kind of myself and my own approval of, by people because I felt I was part of something bigger, um, of an idea that was a lot bigger than me. Um, but it was shaped, you know, about my identity being shaped by our environment. So some of this seems to have uh, come into play with one of your, your new projects, which we, we mm-hmm. touched on earlier in the interview, uh, mm-hmm. the film that, that you're in the process of now, uh, Famica versus the Tea Party. Yeah. And, uh, um, which I'm really enjoying the footage of personally. It's, it's just, it's been coming off so funny. Um, what I've done is I've kept this opportunity with Roku is, has, um, come out of left field. So I kind of have, and I want to use that to also help um, platform the project as well. But it, it's to the it's at the point now where um, comedy is about something that that means something to me. Uh, really bring me to a different level. You know, I, I remember being stressed out a couple of weeks ago about my, you know, you get stressed out about your life and all these different challenges that you face. And I turned on the TV and I saw this film that was made in the '90s called Citizen Ruth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it with Laura Dern, and yeah, it was, um, and I could, I laughed so hard, and it was such a, the, you know, the topic was, you know, the abortion and anti-abortionists, and they all come together, and she's like the, she's like, she's kind of the victim in the middle of of their protests on either side. It's not about her anymore; it's about their their stance, and um, that made t- took my mind off of so much uh, that was just. Something as simple as, you know, how is this going to work? Am I going to get a plane flight to this one? Who who messed me up on this schedule? And it was stuff that had nothing to do with what I was watching, but it just made me laugh out loud because it was, it was important, it was meaningful, it was thoughtful, and it was just funny. It was just a great film, and that's something that I think inspires me. And when it kept, comes to something like Famica versus the Tea Party, I sat down with the script. You know, the one of, the, one of my biggest fears was, you know, not getting it done before this last election, but one of the things that the Tea Party seems to have rolled on every day I turn on the news and they're still there. And so I'm, 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 I'm um, sad to see it still so much a part of American politics, but I'm very happy at the same time. <laughs> well, you know, the, be- the beauty of filmmaking, the beauty of filmmaking is you can stage these things even in the past, you know, as if it was an event yeah, that happened. Is- it's an impeachment plot anyway, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it still works for four more years. Three, yeah, exactly. The next four years. But how did uh, Famica, out of all of your characters, why was that the character that you chose to pursue this political, I don't want to say agenda, but path? And the, the messages that are in this film, uh, why, why Famica specifically and... And why did you decide to say, out of all of your characters, this is the one that I should be making a feature film in, 
and uh, cashing in on some of the relationships that I've made over time, as well mm-hmm. as obviously the financial investment. Well, I think that with, you know, this was a character that I've had for a long time. And basically, it's such a character that people like so much that I've actually performed her on stage and, you know, always want, she has like a, so much of a life of her own. I've written scripts on this character for, for a very long time and had, you know, some of the top agencies behind it, um, on my previous script that I had done with it, which was a clerical error, uh, snagged it from the major studios, screwed it up, somebody sent it out with, without 50 pages missing out of the middle, and it was like a major agency. Went to, it was, it was, um, so I kind of like never went back to touch the script. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I was using the character on Hunt 97, and the following was so fast. I mean, people were calling into this character within the next, like, day one I did the character, and then people were calling and looking for the character the next two days. Hmm. In fact, the first review they did, they covered this character. And it was only, like, a quick couple seconds appearance, because I was doing it myself, and then I would, you know, pretend she was the secretary. So I wanted to make the film for Famika, because I always felt that was going to be my A-game. But I didn't ever think I'd be making a political comedy because I was never into politics that much. Um, especially the world of hip hop never trickled into comedy, and she's a mm. character that fits in that world. But um, the world's, you know, it, what the reason I like the character so much for this script is it gives her an opportunity to learn about what's happening and to learn that what really is going on going on around us is very important. And this is a character that. It's just never paid attention to what was going on around her. She was always very completely self-involved in, you know, trying to blow up and be famous and do her thing. And <laughs> and what she had, uh, what she learned through the film is, you know, it matters. But it takes a lot to get there. And Obama has been the catalyst for that with everybody I know in the, in, in the black community and hip-hop community. Um, everyone's getting involved. And and people weren't getting involved back when, uh, you know, hip hop was hip hop was political in in its beginnings. But when it became mainstream, and I learned this from Hot 97 when we were there, when it went mainstream, it totally switched. And anyone who had really something to say was wasn't the priority. They were encouraged to be um, darker and dirtier. It was selected by the people who were running the station. So, you you know, uh, our demographic was, you know, I think it was like 12 to 16 around there, between 8 to 12, 16 around that age. And, you know, our guest hosts were, you know, Pimp Magic Don Juan talking about how to, you know, turn women out. That was our morning show. And the, the songs that were on were very, very violent. And it was, and it wasn't like, you know, you know, when I came up and there was like a, a punk rock phase or this and that. You know, it's one thing to do punk rock. It's another thing to be... Well, we, there was always their dirty music in rock music and any form of music, but they usually played it at midnight or you'd have to get it somewhere else. They didn't play it in the morning when you're getting ready for school. And what it was doing was, it's like socially colors, um, you know, the way people are doing things. And it affects a lot of these kids. And so that whole community... They came with that second wave of hip hop, as well as the first wave. Um, you know, was pushing against a lot of healthy ideas. 
and it comes from the corporations. And Samika is uh, definitely a victim of that. She's one of the people who's tied into it. And, you know, but when Obama had gotten, got into the limelight, it changed the way people wanted to do things. It really did. I think, um, you know, I could look at my young cousin who wasn't, didn't really care about going out to vote at all, you know, racing down to the polls to make sure that he got his vote in and so proud of himself, you know, and you drove through the neighborhood. I was in uh, Washington, D.C., in northeast uh, D.C., which is, you know, it's, it's a little bit rough neighborhood. And um, these young men were out in the streets feeling like they could accomplish something, feeling like, you know, I could be a senator. I can, it can happen. The bar is lifted. I can go as far as I want. It really is an amazing thing. No matter what a person's political belief is, no matter mm-hmm. what their ethnicity may be, Mm-hmm. On the day that Obama was first elected, uh, mm-hmm. at that time I was uh, living in in the Harlem Washington Heights area, and mm-hmm. and I remember even here just people were out in the streets, just celebrating as if a meteor had done a near miss with the Earth, and we were mm-hmm. all had a second chance, mm-hmm. and and. No matter what your political view, no matter what your ethnicity, I don't see how you cannot notice that happening and realize that something important had occurred. Well, the bar the bar was lifted, and mm-hmm. and all the promise that America has been promising for four hundred years. Actually, you know, we got somebody up there that to, that that was not supposed to be there. Well, we pay attention. The problem is, is that we're intimidated by the ignorance. We feel as though that's, you know, uh, our our radio stations and our TV stations um, glorify the ignorance, and you almost get shamed out of doing the right thing. And I know that that was uh, the case for a lot in entertainment. I feel like it's that way in comedy clubs, and it comes to a point where it's very hard to um, go against the grain and be accepted. Hmm. You know, comedy is, a, you know, you can trick people. That's what the jokes are. You're tricking them. But it doesn't mean that they necessarily want to go down the road. You know, it's, there's, it's actually, you know, in a lot of ways, it's, it's bubbling to the top. It's coming all, it's all coming out to the surface because of, you know, the progress that has been made. And um, I think a lot of people need to look back, especially white America, um, needs to really pay attention to the idea that um, we we have progressed. Like it's very funny. After Obama got into office, it became this whole you know we want our country back and oh we're going backwards and you know we haven't progressed. And I don't think my vote counts. And weird things that I've never heard really white America scream out. You know, it's it's um, and the fact is we are moving forward. You know, these were rights that were meant for everyone. You know, that's what that's what the Constitution had promised, and it's still not. We're still not there. I mean, they're still having to deal with the voter, the uh, voting uh, issues that happened. Um, people waiting in line. The old lady, the hundred and was a hundred something years old, and had to wait in line for six hours just to vote. I mean, someone said on the news. That Something that should happen, and you hear happen in a third world country, not in America. Mm. You know, this is these these are very real problems. I think that um, the black community is aware of the real problems. I think you know the Latino community is 
is aware. You know, we're all aware of problems that directly face us. But when it flip-flops, you know, all of a sudden, um, you know, everyone's kind of surprised to see it on each other's tracks because these are problems that aren't just, um, you know, bound to color or bound to one person's problem. They're American problems. You know, we're looking at the violence in America now and, you know, it, you know, they're talking about, oh, well, it's mental illness. It's the mental illness of why people are shooting everybody. It's mental illness. Well, and now it's mental illness because it's in the white community. But all the problems that were happening in the black community it was, oh, they're just going to be career criminals. Yeah, it's very interesting to me, uh, Maya, uh, that, you know, as as a person that is largely identified as a comedian, that being you, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. so many great comedians – there is a very, very deep and often political side to those comedians. You know, I think of, uh, and I honor you here, you know, you're George Carlin, uh, you know, you're, uh, uh, you know, David Letterman and other, uh, mm-hmm. many other people who have these, these very deep sides to them. Uh, you know, like even someone like, like Conan O'Brien is, who's just a brilliant comedian in my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and these people have a very deep, and often political mind. And I think it has to do with the fact in order to be an excellent comedian, you have to pay attention to things. You have to notice things. You have to see the things between the cracks. You have to look at what's behind the wall, behind the meaning, uh, and not just live with what's in front of you. And it seems like that's a great deal of what you're about. And, and I have to tell you, I'm so excited to see what happens with Famika versus the Tea Party. I'm so excited to see what happens with your venture. Yeah, I know you too. (laughs) But I have to tell you, it's funny because I I was down over the holidays and I'm dealing with so much business. So um, executive producer calls me and says, I need the footage and blah, blah, blah. So I started going through the footage. And for me to sit in the house by myself going through outtakes and just laughing, like laughing to the point where I have to stop and get up and, and walk away to stop laughing. And come back down and sit down. Um, I'm very, I'm very happy with, with what we have, and I'm looking forward to, you know, wrapping this up in the spring. I'm just, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. So, <laughs> so, I, so, and I, and, I, and I know you are too, because it's going to be a lot of fun. It was uh, just fun in the process of uh, when you came in and read, you know. Yeah, well, I, I have to tell you, after talking with you and learning about the history of the film, I'm actually even more excited at the prospect <laughs> of being a part of it, just because it's, you know, it's so much more depth there in terms of it's a journey. And mm-hmm. with the new ventures that you have going on, I got to tell you. Uh, I think Ben and I want to be on your team, man. You, you, you're going places. That's uh, oh, that, that that is exciting, and and I can't wait to see what the future holds for you. You've already, you know, I kind of think about how full circle even you've come now from getting into the business because of the guidance of others and the inspiration mm-hmm. of others, and you're now going to be in that kind of a position too, to be yeah. guiding and inspiring and and perhaps launching the careers of other people. And that's yeah, a tre- well, I, tremendous I, accomplishment. I feel as though I feel as though it's a, you know the key is it's a, it's a team and artists a lot can be accomplished when you when you look at you know creating a, a team of people to move forward. Agreed. I don't think you we know, could so. do do our little tiny itsy bitsy show without you know a number of people involved. So I can you know certainly on a larger scale that's even mm-hmm. more so. Well. We're thrilled that you've spent a little time on the show, and we've certainly had a little journey here from a little bio to uh, 
a little insights into your adventures and and mm-hmm. uh, some laughs along the way, and then some very very deep commentary about political issues and what may be ahead. I, I, I'm so excited to see what's what's ahead for you. So uh, thanks for for coming on, Maya. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Stay in touch and um, absolutely. Uh, while I'm doing the other stuff as well, because um, cool. Like I said, it's, it's got a lot of hands on deck and music requires a lot of talent, a lot of different talented people in different areas. So that's exciting. Um, we're not going to let you go yet because we're going to torture you for a, for one more minute here. And actually, the game we played today, we we're not sure it's going to translate to this interview, so we're going to pull one out of the vault. And okay. uh, and it's it's an easy one, but we think if you're up for it, uh, it may challenge your improv. It's a game called Make Up a Story, right, Ben? Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing, right? That's what we're doing. And uh, it's very simple. You just make up a story on the spot. As a comedian, we expect it to be side-splittingly funny. And uh, <laughs> the only context of the story is that it must contain two words that we are going to give you now. And that's it. It can be just a few lines it can be a, an epic it can be whatever you want it to be we put you completely <laughs> on the spot and in the spotlight <laughs> is that okay, okay. with you yeah, all right I guess so. so we'll see what, uh, <laughs> it, 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 it can only well i'm thinking it can only be spectacular or spectacularly <laughs> awful which is funny in and of itself so either way we're entertained so <laughs> so ben why don't you give maya her first word Mm. Words are a funny thing. Why don't we go with chrysanthemum? Really? Chrysanthemum? It's been said that's what's happening. <laughs> right. there, there you go, Maya. Your friend Ben has just given you chrysanthemum. <laughs> and uh, and, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to throw um, hitchhiker. Hitchhiker and chrysanthemum are your two words. Delicate. Yeah, a little the rough and the delicate, uh, which sounds like a recently canceled soap opera. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the rough and the delicate. <laughs> All right, so make up a story, Maya, using the words chrysanthemum and hitchhiker. The floor is yours. Oh, jeez! Can I tell you a story about a comedian that was forced to use the word hitchhiker and chrysanthemum in something funny and had absolutely no idea what to say? I mean, first of all, chrysanthemum is like the least funny word ever. I mean, if you think about that word, there's not, I mean, even, even mum would have been better. Remember mum? You just get mum? You don't need chrysanthemum. You just get mums. Like mums, the mums flowers. Are mums flowers and chrysanthemums, chrysanthemums the same? Does anyone know? I... I don't know. I have no this idea. Is, exactly. This is not See, intended to be an interactive story, but okay. Me. Yeah, okay. So, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> are you um, flailing and struggling? Yeah, um, well, I mean, a story. I'm not only a storyteller, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a criticizer. But um, I guess what there's this uh, hitchhiker that is uh, walking into um, this place that's doing this radio station. And he's got these, a handful of chrysanthemums that he's. Um, Finds this guy named Ben and shoves him down his throat. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say. We just met, for God's sake. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> all right, let's put her out of her misery. Let's put her out of her all misery. Right, right. That was a, a valiant effort. We put her on the Thank spot. You. She went for Thank it. You. The the effort is what counts, honestly. 
Thank you very much. See, that was funny all by itself. I told you, spectacular plane crash is funny. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I was set up. I was set up. It was, uh, you, it was she was. She, she, that were thrown at me. There was no way I can get out of that. It's really not fair. The next time you and me meet. That's ooh. right. Oh, man, you're in trouble with Ben now. All right, well, uh, <laughs> my, she's like, Sorry, yeah, hey, yeah, hey Ben. You were just a victim. That's yeah, okay. remember it's not that the first. Time. <laughs> remember that whole uh, uh, entrepreneurial thing that Maya's doing and the team she's building and everything like that. Yeah, yeah you're n- you're yeah. not on it. Well, so, he's uh, just not handing out props. He's not going to be on the props list. You know. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Maya DiGiorgio, everybody, uh, a brilliant woman and filmmaker, comedian, writer, uh, entrepreneur, and. Yeah. Go to HollywoodOutlaws.com and then get a Roku or go to Android TV, Google TV, just the Google Play Store and get Hollywood Outlaw Comedy Network. The Hollywood, Hollywood Outlaw, Outlaw Comedy Network Comedy at HollywoodOutlaw.com. Network. And you can and HollywoodOutlaws.com and you can, like I said, go to Google Play or if you have a Roku, go check us out. I feel like the Roku is something that comes to life in the middle of the night. So, oh, did you feed the Roku? No. You need to know. If you don't know what a Roku is, you got to go get one. They're, they are the hottest thing in internet television. Is it anything? It's something like crazy. I, anything is what I just described. No, I think yeah. it's a the wave Wait, of the it future. Does come to life in the middle of the night and ask for food. It's the wave of the future. Look it up. Roku. It's, mm. Roku. Two See, words if you remember. Oh, Roku and Hollywood Outlaw. By the way, Ben, do you remember? Did you notice how how? Uh, poorly Maya executed our story, but how excellently she executed her plugs. Yes, because I'm not a story writer. <laughs> I know. I, 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 I want a screenplay, but who's got the time for that? I know, I know. So, no, all kidding aside, it was a, a truly genuine pleasure having you on the show. Yeah, thanks Maya. thanks Thank for you. taking the time, Maya, really. Uh, Maya DiGiorgio, everybody. All right, yeah. Yay. Hey, Ben. Mark. Do you know what time it is? I think I do. Really? Yeah. What time do you think it is? End of show food. <laughs> end of show food. Okay, end of show food. Elsie. She's bacon, she's cantankerous, and her cat's an adjustment. She's the producer. It's Elsie. It's time for end of show food. Elsie, what do we have today? Well, if you recall, I said that I was going to keep in line with... Um, a theme pertaining to one of our show topics. Yes, and you also told me before the show today that today's end of show food was going to be um, maybe not entirely legal. That's right, because we have that outlaw thing going on in this show. So I had to think. Very clever, Elsa. What kinds of foods are illegal that we could actually perhaps get our hands on that wouldn't make us sick or whatever. We're not going to have some sort of like rare animal or something, are we? No, no, no. I wouldn't do that. That's ridiculous. But I do have a beverage that was once illegal but has recently been taken off the list. Wait a minute. It has recently been taken off the list. I can only think of one beverage that may qualify under those circumstances. Yes, we're having liquid crack. <laughs> Finally, I knew someday it would come up on end of show food. No. What are we having? 
Well, smarty pants, what do you think it is? Could it be absinthe? That's correct. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait a minute. This is not only our only our second beverage on end of show food. This is our first alcoholic beverage. Yes. Wow. But it's just a taste test. Who knew you were such a partier, Miss Elsie? No, I just told you. It's just a taste test. Okay. So, so all right. Well, oh, wow. Look at that bottle. That's a. That's very. Wait a minute. What is that on the label, Miss Elsie? Ha <laughs> ha. You noticed. Oh my God. That, ben, that's a monkey. Awesome. Wow. Elsie, a monkey on a bottle of absinthe. Holy cow, you don't mess around. I'm excited. No, I take my job very seriously. All right. So let's uh, un uncork that bad boy. Elsie's uncorking it. And, uh, all right, so let's see if we can taste it here. It's very interesting. It's kind of got a... Uh, kind of greenish yellow. Greenish yellow, and, uh, brownish, I don't like know. Like olive color. Yeah, like uh, almost looks like olive oil, actually. And... Uh, um, smells like black licorice a little bit. So let's give it, give it a taste. If you've never had this before, guys, it's like black licorice is the worst thing ever. I don't think it's not. Black licorice, I don't know why you say so that. Disgusting. Ben. I don't even, yeah. it's All not right. that I mind drinking it. All it's right. just, it's like Tabasco. It's just disgusting. It's not hot. It's just gross. So just take yours. Take one for the team. Ben. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind. There we go. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Bottoms up. There we go. Wow. Oh my goodness. Ugh. Wow. <laughs> That's like a, I said, it's, it's just the taste. Woo! That's wow. It's kind of like if you mixed black licorice with cough medicine and then poured some isopropyl alcohol in it. It's it's so bad. <laughs> oh god, now it's still uh, licorice. <laughs> licorice is such a bad smell. Black licorice. Okay. Ben, ben, ben Ben is hurting so much you can't even be on mic right now. <laughs> oh god, it's disgusting. Oh, I have god. to tell we I have to tell you we didn't have that much and I'm no. surprised at how strong it was for that tiny little bit. Sixty percent. Wow. It does taste like black licorice. That's on fire. If you're gonna say that, say it on mic, man. Nothing positive about it. <laughs> Brandy with herbs in my ass. It's like crap with crap another crap. So Ben, you did not care for the absinthe. I've had it before. It tastes better when you're drunk. <laughs> so, so, by the way, uh, why are we hearing you chew something right now? Just because I need that horrible licorice taste out of my mouth. So you're just chasing it with crackers. Mm-hmm. Got it. Mm. All right. I'm hallucinating. I almost think I this... Wait, I am hallucinating. Wait, is this show actually good? No, that's just hallucination. <laughs> well, I like it. Okay. But apparently Ben does not like it. No, I would I would definitely say he does not. So this was not your favorite end of show food? No. Okay, which was worse? I would Th rather just sip vodka. That I enjoy. Or Jameson, I enjoy that. Okay, now what was worse? This or the um, 
the sardines that we had. Those sardines were the those were bad. Yeah, those were bad because you didn't really know if that was going to end it with. No, the, no, it wasn't sardines, was it? It was, no, it was something stuffed olives. Oh, like like clam stuffed. Something mussel stuff olives. Yeah, or, yeah, mussels and olives. Is that what it was? Some disgusting. I don't thing. what it was. No some, one some horrible thing. It was terrible. So. That was a little worse because it was confusion. It was like, oh god, am I going to survive this? Yeah. Ben is not your fan lately. What does it have to do with me? Nothing. It's just he, he's not a fan of the food choices. That doesn't, that, that doesn't mean he's not my fan. All right. Well, he says strike three. Well, I don't really care. <laughs> it's been fun, and I think our listeners enjoy it. All right. Well, I liked it, Elsie, and that was an interesting end of show food. Thank you very much for going through all that trouble and getting a special monkey absinthe. Maybe Ben should pick something. Uh, maybe. We'll see. All right. Well, that didn't go so well. No, that's all right. Guess we gotta get drunk now. All right, Elsie, thank you very much. Very intriguing end of show food. Good job going with the themes. Maybe not a great end of show food, although you know, good try, Elsie, and uh, yeah. and I liked it. It was yeah, it's yeah, yeah. yeah good job, Elsie. Yeah, don't lie. Uh, that was a, a fun show though, and uh-huh. uh, and uh, Maya De Giorgio. Tough name to say for me, but a great interview. Glad to have her on the show. So, good show overall, right, Ben? Good show overall. A minus, at least. A minus with crackers. <laughs> the minus was for the, uh, for the absent. Yeah, that's going to do it. <laughs> but crackers were supplied. So all right, we'll see you next time, everybody. Go to monkeyradio.info, check out all of our good stuff, and we will see you next time with another great show. Take care, and thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye. If only we could have the last hour back. Please, someone invent time travel. This has been Monkey Radio. That's it? That's the end of the show? Boy, oh boy, what a crock. This was Funny People Talking. No portion of the content may be reproduced or published without the strict written permission of the producers. Connect with our show at Funny People Talking or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. I'm your announcer, Peter Coleman. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, the business of being heard.